we just want to welcome up Father Michael and Tom to come back up for about 10 minutes of just more questions or just kind of wrap up and give us a preview for tomorrow. Thank you. All right. So I have questions in my pocket from other places. So maybe these are some of your questions uh, that you wanted to ask but were afraid to. Here's the number one question we get when we go out. Do you know what this is going to be? No. Okay. Is my mic on? I'm good. It doesn't feel like I don't it. think it's on. Did I just turn it off? It's on. Can I move it up. There we go. Better? Worse? Okay. The uh, number one question, what happens, Father Michael, when you get hit by a bus? That's not the question. Oh. Uh, you can answer that one if you do want to. But okay. How do you get your pastor to change when the parish is asking for change? That's the number one question? I think it's up there. Wow. So, go ahead, answer it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the pastor. Um, do you want me to answer? What would you say? Uh, you know, I think first of all, we say this, is for, begin with the relationship that um, I'm, I'm influenced by people that I build up trust with and yeah. I know are for me. So, if uh, the pastor, if you don't have a relationship with your pastor, a lot of times I think what happens is, Pat, you can affirm this, right? That pastors get people coming at them and saying, you should do this and you should do this. And, you know, and then if you say to them, well, will you help? Oh, no, I just saying you should do that. And, and human nature is that, no, we don't appreciate that. Or we get random people coming up to us and at, telling us to do things. And we don't even know them. And they think it's a good idea. So I think we said we'd build the relationship with the, the pastor. Um, second thing is, you know, sometimes people read the book. And I'm, how I get my pastor to read the book, we'll say to them, uh, well, say I've read the book and I'd like to discuss it with you. Or I'd, like your, I'd like you to read it and get your ideas and your thoughts on it. Don't say to him, you should do this. That doesn't work. Um, what you want to do is build uh, relationship, build rapport, build accessibility with your pastor. The way you do that is that um, your pastor is happy when he sees you coming. He's not rolling his eyes thinking... What is this going to be? How is this going to be a problem today? Don't be a problem for him. Be a solution for him. Be a problem solver. Uh, be, be a helper. Uh, and when you're making suggestions, keep them in line with what's going to make his life easier, not what's going to make his life more difficult. And while you don't want to be a panderer, um, it doesn't hurt to be supportive of your, of your pastor, to lose no opportunity to look for ways to encourage him because he, he needs that encouragement. And um, we, can, we can take him for granted sometimes. <laughs> right, like I encourage you every day, don't I? Yeah. <laughs> probably, probably not. I'm not the, I'm not the best of it. But, um, you know, I always, so people too say, you know, talk to Michael about something. I'm like, you understand, my influence is longer term, it's not shorter term. I don't have to have every issue. I can ask for something, but if the answer's no, the answer's no that day, but persevere in the relationship. It's about that relationship. It's not about getting your way. Um, I appreciate the interest and ambition to go find, yeah, this I appreciate the interest and ambition to go find non-church people, but the concern is keeping church people in the church. The very best way that you can serve church people is by creating an environment of true evangelization. Because disciples who are growing disciples of Jesus Christ are supposed to be 
bringing unchurched people into church. And if they're not doing that, there's an essential piece of their discipleship uh, path that, 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 that's not being followed, that's not being fulfilled. It's, it's, it's counterintuitive. I think people constantly want to drive a wedge between you've got to do evangelization or discipleship. And it's a false dichotomy. It's, and in fact, again, what our experience has shown is that the more we have thought about church from the unchurched people's perspective, the more we've had to challenge people in the church to grow and to think about how we're reaching people. And as a result, they grow. We don't grow by thinking being consumers. We're growing by just being insular. We grow when we sacrifice and lay down our lives so that others can come to know God. Um, we kind of talked about this. What's the best way to get people to volunteer? Ask them. Okay. <laughs> we say that we've really cracked the code when it comes to getting people in, involved. We ask them. And as Tom said, we ask them in a positive way. We ask them in a respectful way. And we ask them in a consistent way. We don't nag. We don't harass. We don't ask out of need. And we don't use guilt. We simply stay positive. So this past weekend, we had our ministry push, as Tom mentioned. And we were asking people. And if you want to see how I, I did that, you can go online, churchnativity.com. And you can watch my, my homily from, from yesterday and see how I did it. And yeah, there's sometimes when I want to bang the pulpit and say, darn it, I've told you people, you know, we need more help. And that would be very gratifying sometimes to do. But it didn't really work. So just stay positive. That, that said, even in your message, you said things that people might push back. You're, you might be thinking this. You might, and that's very disarming. You might be saying, I don't have time. I'm too busy. Said everybody here is serving. You know, I, I don't. I, other pushback of you know, um, I'm not qualified. Joked about the point and, and point people to a parking space that um, even you might think it's beneath you, and so nudged a little there. So yeah, it's all in the homily. Check that out, churchnativity.com. When you're asking for money, when you're asking people to serve, when you're asking people for anything, the very best tool that you have in your toolbox is humor. Because when people know there's an ask coming, they tense up, right? Humor disarms them. Humor helps them relax. And when people are relaxed, then they can listen to you. And if they're listening to you, they might, they just might actually do what you're asking them to do. What kind of facilities do you have for your children's, for your Sunday children's programs? Do you want me to? Okay. <laughs> Look at me. Well, I think... I think that's a good opportunity for us to illustrate that when we started doing these things, we began creating available space. One of the things our church had a lot of was all the storage space when we uh, first started. And we were storage stuff so much so that you couldn't even get into it. And so we began changing that storage space into children's space originally because um, we didn't have any other place to put them. Uh, I mean, obviously, we got all the stuff out and, you know, don't make it sound like we put them in a the closet or something like that. But... We, we, we began using the facilities we had. Uh, we I think, cut off some of our office space and used that for children's programs. Because we prioritized it. <coughs> I think that it's, it's unhelpful to spend a lot of time when we go around talking about what we have because then it's the comparison trap, you know. Well, either you have better than we have and so you get a sense of pride in that or you don't have uh, what we have and you feel bad about that. And neither is helpful. What's most helpful is to, is to assess your facilities 
and to say, what do we have that really works for us? And, and what, what advantages do we have that we can really ex exploit um, and, and, and repurpose for our new purposes? I mean, this whole campus is a testament to rebuilding and, and, and creatively re-adapting a whole facility that was built for one purpose is now being used for another very important, very dynamic purpose. So the people that had the vision for all of this should be congratulated. But we can do that in our parishes regardless of what, what, what you know, liabilities that we feel our facilities uh, present to us. Yeah, so I wanted to make the point, I guess, there is we use the space we had available to us. We, we used create, the space that we had. We don't have Saddleback Children's Building that right. I talked about earlier. Yeah. Uh, what were you recommend are one or two practical ways to invite unchurched people to visit our parishes? The, did you talk about this? I actually didn't, so that's why I want to bring it up. We, we uh, use this strategy uh, that we've adapted from others called invest and invite. Uh, we don't do advertising. We don't go door to door. Uh, we don't have, uh, you know, fancy media campaigns. Uh, we just ask people in the pews to be on the lookout for people they know who are unchurched in their community, in their kids' sports programs, in their kids' schools, in their offices. And when the opportunity arises, because of the investment that they've made in that relationship, they make an invitation. Maybe there's some problem, some difficulty, some health scare, uh, some loss of, uh, of life, some life change moment in which they can step in and make an invitation for that person to come to church. And you'd be surprised how often, how often that invitation is accepted. All right. I think we're good. For okay. Now. Say a little bit tomorrow. We're going to talk about your communication and how to create good communication in your church. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about, it's not in your program, but we were asked kind of to talk a little bit about money and how do we, you grow your budget. And we'll talk a little bit about that tomorrow as well. So... Uh, and then we have the breakouts. Father Michael's going to be talking to clergy. Uh, I'll be talking to a uh, lady about vision and the importance of vision. But just some steps. And so that'll be tomorrow. And I'll turn it on over. So thank you so much, Father Michael. Father Tom just kind of gives us a lot of stuff to think about tonight. Things that really ponder and just bring our questions and things for tomorrow.